So what recording artists have just signed on to a somewhat controversial AI scenario playing out on YouTube? You're about to find out this and so much more. What's going on, everybody? This is Lauren Delisa Coleman, your host for Beats and Bites, the only podcast out here looking at power, deals, news, and moves at the intersection of emerging technology and mass media and entertainment. Everybody knows I absolutely love, love, love this space, and I'm bringing it to you every week, looking at specifically AI, 5, now 6G, um, digital currency, Web3, and anything 3D, immersive, et cetera, et cetera, as it intersects with entertainment and more specifically I mean, hip hop for the most part, right? And the last couple episodes have been a little bit more hip hop heavy. This one I think is going to be like a 50-50, right? Um, there is so much I want to bring to you right now, um, and I'm super excited. Um, let's see, what can I bring you up to speed on first? Well, you guys know that last week I spoke to the fabulous Razkaz and Money B about this um, 6G summit that they had been asked to participate in. And it was really good. It was really kind of long as well. Like it was, you know, virtual. So, you know, you're kind of going back and forth between emails and work and, you know, eating and everything. It went on for, I don't know, maybe like six hours at least, but it was really, really interestingly put together because the organization, which I really have to shout them out, it's just called, you know, kind of 6G, um, they put together this event called Life After 5G, which they created this whole metaverse that it kind of mirrored uh, what you would experience in a regular conference. So there was a, a lobby, a green room, and then, uh, you know, kind of a main uh, kind of ballroom where you could actually create an avatar, however you wanted it to look and come in and sit down and watch both pre-recorded video and then after the pre-recorded video, then the avatars of the speakers who were, you know, it was actual video, um, then the avatars of the speakers came and took their virtual chairs um, afterwards and had, you know, a kind of fireside chat with Q&A um, from the chats. Um, that was just, it was really, really well done. And so the first part of the summit was, as you guys know, if you listened last week, um, was Tech with Souls. Uh, kind of presentation about, you know, the, the future of hip hop. Everything was the future of whatever. So there was the future of sex, the future of work, the future of family, everything. But hip hop kicked it all off. And it was really, really interesting. Anyway, so two things about that. One, if you missed last week's episode, you don't want to like, you know, kind of be out on the outside looking in, right? So definitely go back and check out that episode. One, and then two, I have a kind of more business angle, because that was like, you know, me just chopping up with the guys, which was a lot of fun. If you're looking for a kind of formal take on both that panel and another standout panel from a more business and investor point of view, then definitely look to my uh, column that I have, you guys know, on NASDAQ's news site, which will be going live tomorrow, Friday, which it would have gone live today had I gotten it into my editor a little bit earlier. But just, whew, so much going on. Anyway, so that's thing number one. And it was just, I don't know, it was just really engaging to just listen to people talk about concerns, opportunities, challenges, and so much more. So yeah, if you want to be up on that, 
then definitely um, check out my column. And just a kind of quick parenthetical, a lot of people, you know, might be listening and saying, why are we even discussing 6G? Like, I didn't even think 5G was fully rolled out yet and all that. And it isn't just yet. But telecommunications companies are already planning 6G. Why? Because all of this kind of wonderful capabilities that we're talking about, whether it's what's called volumetric that we'll talk more about on the show, but that is kind of the linchpin for spatial computing, which to keep it very real is just like uh, what Apple Vision Pro, their glasses coming up is going to be using, right? So all that stuff is very data heavy, right? You know how heavy something is, even if you're just editing video on your computer, right? So just imagine that times like a million and tons of people doing it. So that's why you need greater speed and the, the greater um, kind of power to be able to push all that data through. So that's why everybody's starting to look to see uh, 6G now, because this stuff is flying like so fast and so like, I don't know, in just such an amazing way that like, yeah, I mean, the, the foundation has to keep up. Otherwise, none of this fabulous stuff can be done. And you guys know from the report that I told you I did a couple of months ago, um, here's what everybody is missing um, in mass media and entertainment uh, about AI. I'm talking specifically about this, that the emergence convergence is what everybody really needs to be looking at, not just really dazzled and hypnotized by AI, but AI is going to intersect so much with Web3. I mean, already is. Um, Web3, spatial computing, creating content, et cetera, et cetera. So this is, the play is really looking at this in a, a more kind of 360 way. So just kind of putting that out there for people who might have um, some questions around that. So that's the story with the, the column and the summit. Don't forget, if you missed um, my LinkedIn newsletter that I do, um, it goes live every Tuesday. This is a particularly good one, if I do say so myself, because I kind of give not only a, a quick preview of uh, the summit that I was just talking about, but a bunch of other things going on at the intersection of, you know, hip hop, emerging technology and kind of, you know, media and brands. And I think why you may find that particularly interesting is not only to stay up on things, but also to kind of broaden your way of thinking. So I will take a deal that's been done and say, oh, but if they had added this emerging tech element or that emerging tech element, it would have gone even, you know, farther. This is how people will begin to think as, um, you know, strategy just calls for it. And this is how I just am always focused because this is my day in and day out, as you guys know, as an innovation strategy consultant, looking at how you can take something and really maximize it. Where can different emerging tech elements be used? Not because they can, but because they should be to really make it hotter, right? So this, this is the play. And um, like I said, there are a number of different elements there. So, you know, you just go to LinkedIn and search my name, Lauren Delisa Coleman. Boom, hit subscribe on there um, for the LDC newsletter. And you are, no, LDC brief. Um, and you are going to be in. So there you have it. If you haven't been able to tell already, <laughs> this is more of, you know, a, a news a kind of recap and analysis for you as opposed to to um, interviews. We're not going to be doing interview every week, right? We always got to mix it up because I want you guys to be informed in all kinds of ways. Um, so I'm going to talk about three major things that are standouts for me right now. Um, one that just hit this morning and then two others. By the way, um, in case I forget this, I will be off next week, as I'm sure many of you guys will be as well, because next Thursday 
incredibly, is already Thanksgiving. So I will be back again um, the following Thursday. So just putting that out there. All right. So now we're going to talk about these top three things. The first, I don't even know where to start on this because it's all like so exciting. But all right, let's talk about the quote unquote humane AI pin. So a friend of mine first told me about this because she is in fashion. She um, has her own magazine and covers the fashion space um, and has some of what of how it intersects with technology, but just overall. And she, her eagle eyes, like, you know, she told me that um, she had spotted Naomi Campbell wearing this pin and wanted more information on it. We both started Googling. And so it is, in fact, this pin, which is now available. She was rocking it coming down one of the runways during Fashion Week here um, in New York. But now, okay, it's available to just regular old, old mortals. It's come out. And for those who may not know, so this is from, you know, a company called Humane. And so their intent is to be able to create a kind of completely new device category, right? To, to shake up things just like when smartphones first entered the picture. And so people are kind of describing this AI pin as a cross between kind of what Google Glasses could do and your smartphone, but not exactly. Um, it's the what they're calling it is the iPhone of artificial intelligence. Um, all right, let's first like get into reaction because aside from like the tech publications and maybe you know Time Magazine, I have not really heard people talking about this just yet. That it's you know really off the hook and somebody's going to put it you know in, in rap lyrics and all that again. It's only just started, but, you know, I don't see a lot of anticipation and, and build up about it, except for those super, super, super deep into the tech game. Um, what I have heard more about is Apple's former chief designer who's working on something which will compete against this. No word just yet, by the way, on when that will come out. But I've heard much more about that than just like this pin that just kind of dropped. It retails for um, $699 um, plus $24 a month subscription fee. Of course, that's where they'll be making you know, their money. And I don't know. I mean, I think that great to be like kind of first to market. I'm not really sure how much people are checking for it. Yes, of course, it's impressive. It's a technology feat. I just not, I'm not sure if we're, we're there yet for for all of this, right? And so... I don't know. I think I would just like to have you guys continue to think about how you might be utilizing these type of devices and how do they actually make a difference in your life that is, I don't know, like game changing, like the, the phone is. It's not just, uh, you know, something to have is like a, a nice add on, but how is this adding to quote unquote quality of life? And that's what I really need to see um, before I'm going to get, you know, deep into this. And um, speaking of, you know, Time Magazine being one of the few kind of quote unquote general news publications which have picked this up, um, I want to just read um, for you just like a quick uh, sentence or two from it, because I do believe this is really, <laughs> it kind of, you know, hits, hits all of like my issues with this. So first of all, here we go. Um, and if you want to check this out, um, it is, you know, you just have to Google Time and then the, the title of the article is Humane Once It's New AI Pin to Liberate You from Your Phone Screen. And I feel like adding to that, like, subcontext, good luck with this particular, you know, iteration. Who knows what's going to happen in, like, even a year or two. Anyway, 
Um, I think the author here is right in saying this, Pat, but past wearable devices um, and technology like Google Glass have failed to take off in part because the public has an ick factor around this, whether or not that's entirely rational. Now, I don't know if I would call it just ick or just like not cool or really not needed, right? It's a, a nice addition, but not something that is really, I don't think that AI is has really penetrated day-to-day living all day, like uh, many people have, have thought. There are certain applications around it. Most of them are kind of business-related or people kind of fooling around with it. There are more creatives who are certainly um, kind of experimenting with it in terms of uh, video, generating images and all that. But it's not like all day, every day on your phone, on your app, like on Instagram or something, right? And I think in order to have a device to support it, you need to have the activity and the human behavior around it. So I think these guys are a little bit early, but I just wanted to put it out there because, you know, either you didn't know about it and now you do, or you can hear my opinion on it if you did, you know, already kind of think about it. I like how they come in at least a couple different, like, tones. That's that's nice. Um, But other than that, we'll have to see. Now, Let's jump over to, should we do our like kind of maybe music, more music central news right now or general entertainment? Let's go to music. Let's go to music. Okay. Cause this just dropped like a couple of hours ago and I was actually kind of surprised about this. Um, I think you remember me talking a few weeks back about how YouTube wanted to kind of just offer the, the capability of being able to create your own kind of music based on real recording artists' voices. And so, of course, that's a whole nother story. But here's something that is not in question and taking off right now. If you guys haven't heard in the last, you know, couple of hours, and I'm reading this headline from The Hollywood Reporter, AI-generated voices of John Legend, Demi Lovato, and Charlie Puth, sorry, don't know Charlie, I hope I didn't pronounce your last name wrong, (laughs) are coming to YouTube. Um, Not only that, but T-Pain is in like the sub, the sub headline there as well. And so what is this again, for those who have not heard just yet, and I'll read you just a couple quick lines verbatim from the article. So called dream tracks, the AI tool will let users input a brief prompt and select a participating artist. The AI will then create the track of up to 30 seconds that users can include in a YouTube shorts video that it, is like kind of the parameters you guys of like where this can be used, not like all over the place or for, you know, hours and hours creating all kinds of things. That's where it is right now. The tool will be initially available to a select group of creators because IE testing this out um, with the current roster of participating artists, including, as I said, some of these you've heard, some not Alec Benjamin, Charlie Puth, Again, sorry, Charlie. Charlie XES, Demi Lovato, John Legend, Papoose. Papoose's people were on point, huh? Sia, T-Pain, and Troy uh, Savan, who I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with that artist um, with that artist either. But I like how, at least in the hip-hop space or Black music space, they've kind of, you know, gone with top line, like Egot, John Legend, and then giving you Papoose for, like, more gritty style interested to see how this goes. I'm going to be following this for you guys and seeing how it all shakes out and how it's starting to be used. What I am 
kind of not happy about is that, you know, Hollywood Reporter, I guess, you know, Dream Tracks was not really transparent in what's the business model around this, right? So how are the artists being compensated? Is it, you know, kind of per per usage download? There's like some kind of licensing deal between Dream Tracks or Dream Track rather, YouTube and the artist. I don't know, but I'm going to definitely do more digging for you guys. And let me just read you um, this quick quote from John Legend in the piece, just so you know you can have have his thoughts on it. So being a part of YouTube's dream track experiment is an opportunity to help shape possibilities for the future. As an artist, I am happy to have a seat at the table and I look forward to seeing what the creators dream up during this period. So, you know, it's this is like out in the world. And so I think as many people are beginning to use more and more energy about fears and concerns and so much more, this is moving ahead. So what you need to be doing is thinking about strategy. How can you leverage it? Who are your partners? And how can you be able to either leverage this in your own creative space? If you are um, an exec, you know, how are you actually kind of formulating this into larger strategy for 2024? Um, I mean, there's just so much around this because it is really moving quite, quite quickly, guys. So just wanted to put this out there. I'm going to actually try it maybe between now and my next episode, let you know what I think about it. But there, there you go. But YouTube is like kind of trying to take no prisoners as you may or may not know, Lior Cohen, of course, former major honcho behind Def Jam. And then of course, who created 300 Entertainment, Megan Thee Stallion's label and others. It's, you know, at behind the scenes at YouTube driving all of these things. So um, I'm just, you know, really intrigued to see what happens next. All right. So now for our final item, we're going to jump off of, you know, AI for a minute. Cause like I, I, even I can't like really keep talking about that that much. There is other technology out here. And so we are going to talk more about that right now. We're going to jump over to something, a little thing called Web3 slash NFTs, et cetera, et cetera. Now, of course, everybody knows NFTs have gotten the major black eye, that term, for reasons we all know. But there's something very interesting now that Disney, of all companies, is about to do with a kind of major player in this space who's kind of switching up their game. So some may or may not know about this company um, called Dapper Labs, which has kind of come to fame through a lot of the NFTs that they have done that are sports related. Now they are actually about to quote unquote unveil a new brand called Disney Pinnacle. And so they're actually going to be offer like drum roll, please get ready and calling these certainly more on the digital collectible like side of things or the verbiage rather than NFTs. But think, you know, Star Wars, et cetera, et cetera, from this, right? So um, the author, and I'm looking at this from Coindesk, in case you guys want to read the piece in full, um, it is an opinion piece, an op-ed piece, and the title is Disney Does NFTs Again in Partnership with NBA Top Shot Makers Dapper Labs. So if you scroll down through the piece, you will see that, um, you know, they're telling you exactly, like, what what access they have within Walt Disney like kind of company and uh, what I guess not what didn't make the cut and maybe they're just actually testing this out anyway but anyway the um the author says 
that uh, he's been told that the platform will host intellectual property from, get this guys, Lucasfilm, Pixar, and Walt Disney Animation Studios. So, he says, picture Baby Yoda, Woody from Toy Story, and Snow White as tradable assets. This is kind of a game changer, I think, and maybe helping to kind of solidify more about the Web3 space, although there's not a lot of talk around about how community is going to be created around this, that it's hopefully not just something that's about trade. Because you guys know that the promise of Web3 for me is that which brands are looking toward, like Starbucks and others, where you're creating these things that can be either traded or used for rewards, but like in a larger context of community. And that's where I really think the value is, right? So, but be that as it may, back to what these kids are trying to do. I'm going to track this for you guys because if this actually kind of takes off, then it means that there's still a little bit of life breathing inside of like the NFT game, but maybe in a way that's more legit. I don't know. And then when you think about all of this, kind of within or against the backdrop of just a larger, you know, crypto space and, you know, financial behemoths like BlackRock announcing, you know, in EFTs that are crypto. I don't, I'm thinking in 2024, we're going to really start to see some, like kind of the next level, you know, graduation of, you know, this space into something that is really much more truly dynamic business. So definitely like look out for these, you guys, because I don't know, I just think it's going to create some potentially very large mass market appeal because of course, I mean, baby Yoda and all that, please. I mean, I can't even tell you how many people are are into that type of thing. So look out for this. Just wanted to make sure that you knew about it. If you didn't hear about it, because this just um, came out, what, on the 14th. So just two days ago. So there you have it. So you have your wonderful, like emerging tech meets mass media entertainment brief, if you will, from me for this week done in like what? Under 25 minutes. There you have it. Can't wait to be able to talk with you next week. Don't forget, if you like this, follow. Um, Don't forget to let others know. Super excited to get five stars from you because I'm out here really holding it down. I want to make sure that everybody wins in this new era because it is just absolutely key. And the only way to do it, because the stuff is happening so quickly, is to really share information, right? And analysis. No one has all the answers, but I'm definitely going to at least be searching out what's going on to be able to ask the questions for you guys. So I want to thank you so much for listening. I wish all of you who celebrate Thanksgiving a great holiday. And this is Lauren Delisa Coleman over and out for another episode of Beats and Bites.